This is the Eclectic Joe, the podcast, 2023, episode eight. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is the Eclectic Joe, the podcast. This is, I am Joe Torres. I am your host. I will be taking you through this uh, adventure that we're about to go on. Now, you may or may not have noticed, it has been a while since I have done a podcast episode. The reason for that is because I was finishing my book. I have, I'm excited to announce that I've actually published a book uh, recently. It is called Chronicles of a Teenage Boomer. If you, available on Amazon, if you go to Amazon and search for Chronicles of a Teenage Boomer, you will see my book pop up. Uh, No, that is not me on the cover, though the kid looks like he has attitude, which I may have had attitude when I was younger, I don't know, but that is not me, but this is my book. What it it is is a story of a teenager growing up in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, It's fiction, maybe, maybe loosely uh, based on some entries in my diary that I kept many years ago, maybe, I'm not going to swear to it, but we see the adventures, misadventures, and the growing up that uh, Will Jones does, and he records in a five-year diary that his uh, mother gave him. Now, this this isn't one of those eight and a half by 11 size journals. This is one of those little, uh, out of about four inch by five inch, Uh, diary that has uh, five years on one little page and so you've got about three lines to write for a day times five for uh, each year. So uh, Will is uh, just turned 13. He uh, is a band geek. He's in the junior high band. Uh, He will end up during the course of these chronicles He will end up having his first uh, girlfriend. He'll end up having his first job. Uh, A lot of firsts. uh, First time going away to college. Just a lot of firsts that one would encounter as they are growing up. Uh, Teenage Boomer I picked because, uh, like Will, I was born in December of 1964. As you know, that is the last last month of the baby boomer generation and so i couldn't help but smile myself when i heard the heard the younger woman say something about okay boomer 
because I thought, hey, that's not a that's not an insult, though she thought it was. She's probably a, a millennial anyway, and what do they know? So uh, what I will do on this podcast, something a little bit different, but I wanted to go through some excerpts from the book. The way the book's laid out is just as a diary. Uh, we start on January 1st, 1978. And the book ends in December of thirty on December thirty first of nineteen eighty two. So that's a good five solid five solid years of living and growing and learning and getting knocked down and all that good stuff. But it also reflects the time. Uh, you may remember the seventies was uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The 80s was, uh, um, it was, you lived life uh, decadently. It was the age of decadence, if you will. And so even though it was the first couple of years of the 80s, it was, there was some things that uh, were kind of a preview of what, what was going to happen throughout that, the rest of that decade. So the book is uh, laid out to where the entry is the date. Uh, the entry is young, young Will is uh, recording his thoughts on what happened that day. And then you'll see uh, some commentary and what that is. That's, that's adult Will writing as if he's talking to young Will. So uh, I will throughout here as well uh, be giving you some asides, just some observations uh, as well. But uh, young Will's fictional character, he's again a band nerd in junior high uh, growing up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, specifically in Biloxi, Mississippi. And so that is the background to our main character. So without further ado, let's get started. First entry, first date, January 1st, 1978. I am optimistic as to what the new year will bring. Whatever situation that might come up, I must handle them to the best of my ability. What kind of 13-year-old writes this? Who is this young Will? January 2nd, 1978. One week from today, my parents will be divorced. Today was a day full of football. I have watched three bowl games. For young Will, his parents' divorcing was a relief. Leading up to their separation, they were always arguing, and it could get very intense and ugly. Young Will was lucky in that, unlike friends of his whose parents were also divorced and they blamed themselves, he did not. I am thankful, however, that he did not have to testify in front of the judge as to which parent he would rather have lived with. This year seems to be off to a quick start. So my first aside would be, uh, it's interesting, he, he quickly goes from uh, a personal trauma of his parents being divorced to, uh, about, to watching football all day, three bowl games. So uh, it appears he's keeping things in perspective, I guess. Getting back, January 10th, 1978. I think I have this crush on this girl in band. I'll have to wait and see what will become of it. We'll write tomorrow. Why didn't he write a name? Going back 44 years later, I have no idea who this entry was about. 
January 11th, 1978. It became of nothing. She's going with someone else. Tough day tomorrow. Challenge on T-Bone. Dr. Brooks' office. Pep rally. Too bad for young Will. This certainly won't be the last disappointing romance he encounters. How many of you had this happen to you growing up? Dr. Brooks is young Will's orthodontist. Uh, another aside here, the T-bone is a trombone. Uh, not only was he a band geek, young Will, he was a band geek playing the trombone, who at this time in 1978, the trombone was about as tall as he was, or he was about as tall as the trombone, I should say. And he also wore braces, hence uh, going to see the orthodontist. Back to it. March 16th, 1978. I think that this girl likes me. The past few days I've been talking to her a lot. Tonight I asked her to wait for me and she did. Wow, young Will had a low bar when it came to girls. April 20th, 1978. Finally, we got our annuals. I'm in there five times, three with the band, one with the other class, one in my PE uniform, contest one day. Who can't honest, honestly say that the first thing you did after receiving your school annual was to look for pictures of yourself? And who can't forget the awkwardness of showering with your male classmates after PE? I'm certain the psychology profession is thankful for all the business as a result. So as an aside, it's a good, good thing to know that young Will was showering with males instead of females, or maybe it wasn't, maybe he should have, wouldn't have been as traumatized. Moving on, April 6th, excuse me, April 26th, 1978. Boy, either I'm weird or these other people in my class are immature. Some of them mostly the potheads. This girl called me a fag. I didn't give her the satisfaction of getting mad. Kids can be so cruel. Thankfully, young Will grew up in an era without social media. June 14th, 1978. It was flag day, I forgot to celebrate. Tonight at the Hilton pool, I met some girls. It was accomplishment, I talked to strangers. I guess he meant he forgot to put out his flag. Yes, he was one of those nerds who flew the American flag on the house pretty much every day. And he was well-versed on American flag etiquette. He always wanted a flagpole, but never got one. The challenge on the coast during the summer flying a flag is that either it is raining in the morning, can't fly it, or it rains, or rains in the afternoon, meaning it will get mildewed. October 17th, 1978. They had back to school night. Dad got mad because I was late. He had to go get my schedule at office. Still working on this chick. Thinks she's fat. I couldn't say something that night, but now I can that I'm an adult and he is dead. Newsflash, Dad. I'm 13 and don't have a driver's license. Therefore, I'm at the mercy of whoever I'm riding with to get somewhere on time. Unfortunately, I don't remember who the chick was who thought she was fat, but probably uh, she wasn't because young Will wasn't attracted to heifers. No offense. So, aside, 
So uh, we remember now this is October of 78. Uh, Dad and mom got divorced nine months ago. So obviously dad is not living there in the, in the house anymore. He's living uh, a couple miles away, actually not far from where uh, his mom worked, uh, young Will's mom, where she worked. His dad's living there, so he's having to do the visit on the weekend uh, thing. But we see with this entry that um, their relationship is maybe not as on solid footing as, um, as it could be, and, and not because of the teenage angst that young Will is suffering, but uh, getting yelled at by his dad when he had no control of uh, getting to this back-to-school night on time. Back to it now. January 3rd, 1979. It was cold. School was okay. I found that I found out that my science teacher has only two months to live. It is pretty depressing. Very tired. On an unrelated note, for some reason, I have always remembered Mr. Stinyon, a Vietnam veteran, telling us he never lost a fight to a drunk man. Other than his grandfather, this will be young Will's first situation dealing with the death of someone he knew. Another aside, um, young Will doesn't note it here, but he does real, uh, young Will does realize if the science teacher hadn't gotten sick, the chances of him passing that science teacher's class were slim to none, and Slim just left town. Back to it. February 5th, 1979. A pretty good Monday, for school that is. There's a poetry notebook due Friday, and I haven't even begun to start. Concert tomorrow. Again, what is young Will thinking? A notebook that isn't due until Friday when this is Monday, and there's a concert tomorrow. Rock on. February 7th, 1979. I am pretty tired after the concert. I better start back up on my English notebook or else I'll fall behind. Gee, young Will, this is Wednesday and the notebook is due in two days. When exactly do you think you will get it done? March 7th, 1979. The field trip was okay. I went to see my science teacher and my dad at the hospital. Mr. Stignon looked very pale. He looked pretty bad. Dad okay. Young Will's first up-close experience with someone that is dying. It was tough seeing Mr. Stignon that way because he was always full of life and a quick quip, but not today, though young Will is glad he went. If I remember correctly, Dad's surgery was sinus-related. So, and as a side here, uh, sinus-related is not the cancer that Mr. Stignon was dying of. A little bit, a uh, little bit different. Back to it. April twenty-fourth, nineteen seventy-nine. I was disturbed to find out that this kid I knew died. It's hard to comprehend, especially because he was only fifteen. Saw the deer hunter. Come on, young Will. More details about the death, please. How? Where? Good to end the entry on a light note. 
The Deer Hunter is a good movie, but can be pretty intense, especially the Russian roulette scene. Aside, Deer Hunter is a good movie. I don't know that I would take a 13-year-old to the theater to see it, but uh, the only thing that I didn't like about it was that uh, the, the wedding reception scene was about an hour, and they probably could have cut that in about five minutes and kept the integrity of the movie. Back to it. July 2nd, 1979. Nothing happened today or tonight. It seems Skylab is going to crash into the Earth. The odds of it hitting you are only 155 to 1. Kudos to young Will for including the odds. Those odds are pretty low, and surviving a hit from, from a 77-ton spacecraft don't seem good. The July 11th, 1979 entry notes Skylab fell off the coast of Australia, so he was in no danger after all. Aside, Skylab was the precursor or forerunner to the space station. Uh, we had sent it up, and it had orbited the Earth for uh, most of the 70s, and it did come crashing back to the Earth. That is actual, That actually is true. And the odds of you getting hit by it were actually 155 to 1. Um, but it hit. It did hit. This is accurate. It did hit, uh, fell off the coast of Australia in the middle of nowhere. So uh, it was all good. Moving on. July 5th, 1979. I went to band today. After band, I talked with Jenny. Right before I was ready to leave, she planted a kiss on me I'll never forget. Also, Encore. If I put myself in the reader's place, I would be asking how does young Will go from being afraid of kissing a girl just a few months ago to making out with a girl who happens to be a grade up? Even though I lived it and writing this has brought back a, a lot of memories, of course, I do not have a logical explanation. In retrospect, Someone was pursuing me, which may have been the spark I needed to gain the confidence needed to effectively deal with the opposite sex. In addition, here was a junior making out with a cabbage head. The name sophomores were called by the upperclassmen. July 28, 1979. Got gypped out of a trophy. I got drunk tonight. One glass of bad wine and one and a half beers. Started puking, called mom, fell asleep. You remember the first time you got drunk, don't you? And who gets drunk on a glass of wine and a beer and a half? The July 29, 1979 entry starts, I don't think I'll ever do that again. What do they say about the road to hell? Aside, gypped uh, out of a trophy, this, this was the generation that did not get a trophy just for participating. To win a trophy in whatever you were part, uh, participating in, you had to place. Uh, there were no, just because you played, we're going to give you a trophy type thing. Not saying that's a good thing, not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that that's the reality uh, on July 28th, 1979. No trophy if you don't win, don't place or show. Back to it. October 10th, 1979. Biology is the most boring class I've ever been in. She wanted me to sign a blank progress report. 
I don't trust her. She could do me in writing it. In this case, probably a good thing Young Will is so cynical. A good habit to avoid signing blank documents. And this is the teacher that he thinks should have retired 10 years ago, if not before. Aside, it is hard to believe that a teacher would hand you a blank progress report and ask you to sign it when it's blank and she could, she or he could fill in anything they want. Now, you want to say, well, that's, that's really not a reasonable thought process, but then again, it is the reality. So, uh, good that young Will was apprehensive about doing such a thing. Back to it. November 26th, 1979. It was hard to go back to school after a four-day vacation. You know, they should have the school board every four-year review each teacher in competency. I suspect young Will is referring to his biology teacher. But not a bad idea to review teacher performance. You incompetent teachers know who you are. January 1st, 1980. Nebraska lost its second straight bowl game. They lose too many more and they won't be invited anymore. Play football tonight, tomorrow is last day. Those were the days I took every Nebraska loss hard because it was not a common, a common occurrence like it is now, unfortunately. What young Will doesn't realize is how well Nebraska fans travel. Even with a poor record of late, Bowles will not hesitate to invite them because they fill the stadium. Aside, I could do a whole podcast, and I may do a whole podcast on my uh, involvement, not involvement, my uh, supporting and following of the Nebraska football program over the years. Um, I will, won't do that now, but young Will is seeing how painful it is uh, when Nebraska loses. Back to it. April 8th, 1980. That same girl called up again tonight. It seems that this girl likes me now because she, the other one, asked me if I was going to ask her to go with me. Depending on what side of the fence you're on, either this girl is empowered and exercising her right to pursue what she wants or she is stalking young Will. And what does go with mean? And an aside, can this entry be any more confusing? That same girl called up again tonight. It seems that this girl likes me now because she, the other one, what other one? Asked me if I was going to ask her to go with me. What? Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. April 14th, 1980. A rather sucked day at Biloxi High. We got a damn geometry to test tomorrow of which I didn't study. I talked to Cindy tonight. We'll call tomorrow. Young Will has his priorities in correct order, doesn't he? Instead of studying for that geometry, geometry test, he spends that valuable time talking to a girl he likes. I have a bad feeling about the results of that test. Aside, you'll need to buy the book to see how Young Will did. Back to it, June 14, 1980. Tomorrow will be busy as hell, but today wasn't. I got put on restriction for another week, which pisses me off. All for talking to Cindy on the phone. Seems a little extreme to ground a kid for talking on the phone, doesn't it? It appears young Will was on permanent restriction as, the, as this is his third week in a row being grounded. 
But by the way, he could go to work. Hmm. Just as an aside, uh, Will obviously now has a job and it appears he has a girlfriend. And both of these would be the girlfriend, maybe not his first, one of his first. The job certainly uh, is his first. So um, also have to keep in mind these were the days before cell phones, no cell phones. And most houses uh, had only one telephone line. So it's only the rich people that had a, and the, the rich people's kids had their own phone number. It was only those, and there was very few of them. I was not one of them. So those were also the days where if you, when you called a number, a landline, and someone was on the phone talking, you as the caller would get a busy signal, which could be pretty annoying. Uh, this was also in the days before call waiting. So there's you, you are on the phone talking. You have no idea someone's trying to call in. There's no beep or anything that you can put the first person on hold and pick up the second person and then go back to the first person. None of that. It was one line, one person, one conversation. Now, as the caller, I could break in by calling the operator and telling the operator to call you because it was an emergency, but uh, that was something you really didn't normally do. So if your parents are expecting a, an important phone call and you're on the phone talking to your girlfriend, uh, they will get pretty upset because they did not get the phone call they're waiting for. But in this case, uh, the mom knows where the son is, doesn't have to wonder where he is, doesn't really even have to wonder what he's doing, instead decides to punish him because he's on the phone. Okay, that seems a little odd, but okay, who am I to judge? Moving right along. June 30th, 1980. I went to Cindy's dad's house, which is right next to Jenny's. Cindy got mad at me today for some unknown reason. Again, said she'd call back, but didn't. I know it is a small world, but that is only magnified living in a small town, population 49,000. Young Will was too caught up being with Cindy to be bothered by such a trivial detail, though. Aside, uh, it does in say in the book how Jenny and Young Will ended up, so it uh, is ironic that he goes to his girlfriend's dad's house and there she is living right next door even though it's a small town still somewhat ironic but as noted young will doesn't care moving on august 11th 1980 thinking about it it scares me if i got a girl pregnant not to say it wouldn't be fun trying i only got 75 dollars tomorrow i register for school Young Will showing some responsibility, somewhat. Thinking about getting someone pregnant while he was still a virgin is amusing to me now. He thought his check was going to be $100 because of all the double shifts on this pay period. Darn those nasty taxes. That $75 check would be $254.02 today. Not bad for someone with no expenses. September 1st, 1980. I dreamed that I knocked Cindy up. What a nightmare. That really scares me. I went to work four till nine today. Band then worked tomorrow. 
Again, young Will is paranoid about getting Cindy pregnant, even though they have yet to have sex. How does, how does that make sense? Just an aside, I don't know if he uses the correct grammar there. Is it I dreamed or I dreamt? I think it might be I dreamt that I knocked Cindy up. Tomato, tomato. Okay, moving on. September 10th, 1980. Today, I walked right by Cindy. I'm not much of a morning person. Mom is staying in New Orleans Saturday, asked me to stay Cindy's. Like an unmarried marriage counselor, it is easy for me to armchair quarterback the parenting here. What parent has their son stay with their girlfriend so they can go off to New Orleans for a weekend? So that, that aside, so that tells me that uh, for young Will, his, his dad was not available or wasn't interested or maybe young Will didn't want to go. Uh, now for young Will, it's better to go to the girlfriend's house than to go to dad's house. But uh, again, they're not, they're not doing anything yet of a physical nature. Uh, so it, w it was going to be okay. Back to it. November 4th, 1980. Alexei High is rated number one in the state. Ronald Reagan is now the president-elect of the U.S. I saw a possum in the backyard tonight. Tomorrow, back to work. The big day. Given the mood of the country and floundering economy, this election result should not have been too much of a surprise. Aside, uh, Alexei High rated number one in the state. That's in football. That's not uh, a school rating. That is a football rating. Back to it, November 17th, 1980. I have bad news on an Algebra 2 test I took yesterday. I made an 18, the lowest score of my life. I got my school ID with picture. Young Will's sterling academic record takes a direct torpedo hit. Instead of him noting how he is going to study harder or seek tutoring, he comments on receiving his school ID with his picture. What? What is he thinking? Aside, if you ever read Calvin and Hobbes, does this not sound a lot like the way Calvin was? Uh, if you have not read it, you owe it to yourself. The comic strip, very, very funny. Calvin with his stuffed tiger who only came to life with Calvin and no one else. But this, this is very, this is very Calvin, uh, Calvin-like. Back to it. February 1st. 1981. Tonight, Cindy and I talked extensively about sex, such as when she feels ready, etc. Her mother even offered birth control pills when it happens. I went out with Dad for the last time in a while. I knew I liked Cindy's mom for a reason. I guess young Will also answered my sex question. Though he didn't say why, I think Dad is moving to Chicago, which is why that was the last time for a while. Not that it will impact young Will's day-to-day -day life. February 7th, 1981. A good day until Cindy's dad came home and found me in her room. I wasn't doing anything. The chain on my bike broke and I banged up my knee a little bit. I might get a new bike. 
Another one of those events I remember like it was yesterday. Young Will always found her dad a little scary, and you were not to be in her room ever. It would have been so much better if he had thrown a yelling and screaming fit, but he didn't say a word to either one of us the entire evening. Pure torture. Just as an, as an aside, uh, I had uh, a girlfriend's dad in high school that was similar to this and also pretty scary. Uh, he didn't even like us sitting next to each other on the sofa when we're watching TV and he's sitting across from us. So he was uh, what you would say very, very old school. So I can understand how it probably would have been better for him to throw a fit and be done with it instead of sitting there quiet all night. <laughs> I could see why that would be pure torture. Uh, the other thing that, and this is covered more in the book, but uh, young Will rides his bike everywhere. Uh, young Will doesn't have a car. And these were the days, again, right or wrong, good or bad, these were the days. No, there were no bike helmets. I mean, they were probably out there, but young Will wasn't going to wear one. Uh, he thought they would look stupid on him. So no, uh, no bike helmet, really no padding, nothing. Uh, it's just uh, it was young Will and the bike and the elements. And oh, by the way, when, the, when it would rain, you had no brakes because the wheels were wet and the brakes gripped the wheels to slow the bike down. And when it's wet, there's no gripping and it, it's a lot more, lot more dangerous. Um, but again, young Will survived and lived to tell about it. Moving along. March 13th, 1981. Yesterday, as I flushed the condom down the toilet, I said I'd probably need it tomorrow. Yes, I did, but I let my fingers do the walking instead. Went to eat seafood tonight. Clever of young Will to use the slogan from the Yellow Pages ad campaign. Are we sure they didn't think about that double entendre when they developed it? Does anyone under 50 even know what the Yellow Pages are or were? May 20th, 1981. Tonight at work, I delivered a room service to a couple of transvestites. That was shocking. Then these two bums came around wanting food. I loaned someone $2. See if I get it. Young Will was familiar with what transvestites were, but had never seen one in person. What he fails to mention is that they tipped really, really well. So much so that they asked him to fry a hamburger patty for their small dog because she gets the runs when she doesn't eat. Too much information there. So he did and got another nice tip. I guess we we're all whores in some way or another. Those bums startled him because he was coming back from delivering the hamburger patty he made and ran into them outside the back of the kitchen where it was pitch black. And he was repaid the $2. Aside here, so something very similar happened to me, and I remember how shocking it was for me to see the guy open up the door, um, delivering a room service. It's uh, uh, in the e. It's a slow night. This guy opens up the door, and he's got um, got a robe on. Uh, and he's got like this cod piece around his midsection. Uh, has no hair on his chest. Not that that 
is a be-all end-all, but has no hair on his chest and uh, is wearing makeup and a wig. And that was uh, really, really just, again, shocking to me. I lived a sheltered life, but that was shocking to me. I knew those folks existed, but I had just had never encountered one uh, <laughs> in, my, in my life. And so that was, that was a first. So I can understand young Will's uh, reaction, um, but if they tipped well, you do what you got to do. Moving on, June 6th, 1981. Cindy's period started a week late. I work tomorrow morning, then also tomorrow night. I anticipate a long day. The plans for summer are fucked up because of math. Good to know young Will is not an expectant father. Bad to know he doesn't seem to realize he had control over whether he had to attend summer school. The workday he refers to is a Sunday. July 4th, 1981. What a way to spend a holiday, working. Delivering this room service, this homosexual propositioned me. These room services are something else. A long day, tomorrow. A few weeks ago, young Will encounters a transvestite for the first time. Now this? A case could be made that young Will is getting more of an education by delivering room service orders than going to high school. The night before, while monitoring the seafood buffet line, young Will overheard a couple of guys talking about going to the nearby gay bar, but thought nothing of it. That next morning, when he delivered a room service to a suite in the main building, he recognized one of the guys as the door opened. Young Will was invited in because the guy was dressed in his boxers and t-shirt and didn't want to accept the order in the doorway. Young Will handed the tray to the guy who had a difficult time setting it down. How heavy can a paper plate of bacon and eggs really be? He signs for the bill, hands Young Will a $5 bill and said, here, here's $5 for you because you are such a babe. Why don't you come up sometime? Without skipping a beat, young Will took the bill and said no thanks and walked out, reaffirming we are, all, we are all whores in some form or fashion. Later that morning, the same room called down for another order. Young Will had his colleague, a goofy, lurch-looking guy, deliver the order. Surprisingly, he only received a dollar tip and no invitation to come back. An aside, uh, Lurch was the butler on The Addams Family. So if you never have watched The Addams Family, it's a series from the, I believe, 60s, uh, black and white. Very funny. Uh, but he was the butler. And he was a large individual. And so that's who young Will's colleague reminded young Will of. Moving along. October 26, 1981. I busted it at work tonight. It was not a good day getting up at five. I made it four on the trig test. That class sucks. I hate it. While having the car to himself all week is cool for young Will, the price he pays is getting up so early to race down to New Orleans to pick mom up. There were times he arrived at the terminal just as she was walking off the plane. Really, no need to get there early to wait around, is there? And how in the world does someone score a four on a test? 
Apparently, this isn't like a college entrance exam where you get points just for signing your name. Good to know that he hates the class he just got a four in. This is an aside. So these were obviously the days before 9-11. You could walk into the airport. There was no security. You didn't have to walk through a metal detector, nothing like that. Young Will was able to walk in from the outside, go down to the gate area even, where his mom would be deboarding. And he would, as he notes here, he would walk up to her as she was literally walking off the plane. But he was on time, and that's really all that counts. Moving right along. January 14th, 1982. As of today, I'm not ready for college. But that will change. No school today because of the cold weather, with the wind chill factor six below. Young Will had only spent a couple weeks during the summer a few times in Nebraska, didn't know anyone except his family there, and had never endured a winter. Was it really the attraction of the football team that drove him there? I suppose people have picked their college for worse reasons. How well received was Young Will's letter asking for money on the heels of not attending his grandfather's funeral? Young Will usually did not have any trouble writing term papers, but typing them was a completely different story in the days before word processors even. Anyone remember those little white strips that corrected errors? Well, good luck getting the paper back to the exact same level in the cylinder. Aside, there's a lot to digest here. So it appears that Young Will is going or wants to attend the University of Nebraska. I don't really know why he would. He has, as he notes, has spent, he has spent little time there. But this was the time when they had a pretty good football team year in and year out. So hard to believe that that would be why he went. The letter that he references, uh, that adult Will references, is um, to his father, to his father asking for college money. Now, this was on the heels of not attending his grandfather's funeral. If you buy the book, you'll read a lot more about that, a lot more backstory. It, may, it will make a lot more, uh, a lot more sense. Finally, I'll just say, um, for young Will, uh, he is right, not writing term papers. Writing was not a hard thing for him, uh, but typing them was, and he, he even took a typing class in his freshman year at high school, but typing them was a real bear. So how much better could he have done in college and even high school if he had had a word processor back then? He'll never know. Moving along. March 10th, 1982. We had jazz band after school, after which I walked to the mall. I bought a $70 Walkman. I need the $200 income tax pretty soon. I hope to go to N.O. Using his mother's department store discount did have its advantages because the Walkman retailed for $100. What is a Walkman, you ask? Back in those days, music was available for purchase in four different formats. Vinyl, reel-to-reel, 8-track tape, though those were dwindling, and cassette tapes. The Walkman had the ability to play a cassette tape while you were walking or running. This particular model didn't didn't even have radio, just a cassette player. 
And if your music library was mostly vinyl, as young Wills was, you would need to buy blank cassette tapes and record onto them from your albums via the record player and stereo. Recording albums on the cassettes could be a very time-consuming process, but the quality of sound from the vinyl was generally better than pre-made cassettes. How far have we come in our music with our music consumption? Just an aside, so Young Will uh, notes in another entry, I believe, about how meticulous he is doing the recording. I know for me, when I recorded, I would count the number of minutes of the album, and the tapes I like to get were 45 minutes aside, and they were the TDK brand, shout out to TDK, but they were 45 minutes. And so if you had the first side of an album that only took 38 minutes, you had seven minutes to fill. I never liked starting the second side of the album on the first side of the cassette tape. Don't know why, it's just a personal preference. So I had seven minutes to fill, so I've got to find songs from that band for seven minutes. And it was, it, it was a very time-consuming uh, process, and there, there were no shortcuts. You couldn't, you couldn't, there was just no shortcuts. And I, I, liked, I liked trying to get it right to the end of the 45 minutes on that side. But yeah, now I have an iPod. Yes, I still have an iPod, but I have an iPod that has 7,500 songs on it. I mean, I can play any album that I have that's on the iPod from front to back. I can shuffle the songs. I mean, this is, uh, for folks who didn't grow up that way, this, you know, you, you probably take it for granted, but this is just amazing to be able to do uh, this kind of stuff. And yeah, I know I sound old, but I, I'm just, I still to this day am, am, am amazed that I can hold my entire collection of music in my hand and play whatever I want, whenever I want, uh, and however many times I want. Getting back to it, April 4th, 1982. Before today, I'd been up 44 hours. That breaks my record of 42. I worked hard tonight. Conflict. I'm supposed to work Wednesday night, the concert night. April 4th was a Sunday, meaning young Will had been up all weekend. And who, who remembers their previous record of staying up without sleep? All I know is that if I tried to stay up 44 hours without sleep today, it would probably end my life. Aside, you will see, if you buy the book, you will see that concerts are a pretty big part of young Will's life. And he, he sees a pretty good number of acts during his growing up days. Uh, part of that reason is probably because he didn't live too, too far away from the Coliseum. Uh, actually, he could walk to it if he if he needed to. Uh, and as he was a senior in high school before he left, he would uh, walk from his house to the beach, which was across the street from the Coliseum. So it was within uh, walking distance. So it was pretty close. Back to it. June 3rd, 1982. This is Will Jones, the graduate, writing. It was great. All 6,000 people watching me for that brief moment got thrown in the Holiday Inn pool. Finally, the commencement ceremony was held in the same venue that he had watched all those great concerts in. 
Now young Will can move on to bigger and better things. June 21st, 1982. Interesting night. I called dad once and that was cool, but when I called back again to, dis to discuss my college money, he got pissed, I hung up. It is safe to say the relationship between young Will and his father continues not to go well. This has been ongoing for quite some time now. Can, will it ever be repaired? And aside, uh, again, if you buy the book, you will see other entries, many other entries, where the relationship uh, is fractured and the uh, chasm deepens uh, and becomes wider and wider and wider. So uh, interesting question that uh, adult will poses on June 20, on the June 21st, 1982 entry. Moving on. August 17th, 1982. Today wasn't quite as bad. I still haven't gotten a hold of mom yet. Where is she? I need my things, money, etc. I went to a small party after band. Why young Will didn't pack for his dorm room in the days leading up to his leaving Biloxi is anyone's guess. He also could have had the box shipped to Lincoln where it would have been waiting for him. Using today's term, it would appear his mother is off the grid, though she does travel as part of her job now. Aside, so again, these are days, no cell phones, uh, no internet, or if there is, it's only the scientists and doctors using it, so it's not, it's not out there. So uh, if you didn't want to be found, or if you didn't want to be contacted, guess what? You're not going to be contacted. And so uh, if, in this case, young Will calls the house that uh, the mom's living in, and there's no answer, and there's no answering machine, which had not come out yet, then there's no getting hold of her. So uh, off the grid wasn't, back then was a very easy thing to be. Moving on. October 26th, 1982. Fleetwood Mac put on one hell of a show, two hours of nonstop music. My next objective is Journey. Tiffany was pleased I took her, which made me feel okay. Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album, released in 1977, was, is one of the top-selling albums of all time and one young Will possessed and listened to often. He also had their follow-up double album, Tusk. So the opportunity to see them in concert was a real treat. He may have to wait for some time to see Journey since they just released an album, Escape, last year. Young Will shows some character by taking Tiffany to the concert considering how they ended. Aside, again, you'll, you'll need to buy the book to see the other entries where uh, he and Tiffany are interacting. Moving on. November 19th, 1982. Not a half bad Friday. No checks, however. They'll come in tomorrow. I'm down to one buck. I worked tonight, then came home and dilly-dallied around, then went to bed. Not much. Young Will has taken the news of the paychecks being a day late rather well. 
What did we do in the days before direct deposit? Another aside. So Young Will took that news pretty well. I'm not sure I would have taken that news pretty well, especially if I'm down to one buck. Now it does make me, uh, it would make me wonder, it does make me wonder, wonder as I read this, his entries, You go, he goes to see Fleetwood Mac and then a few weeks later he's down to one buck. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone to see Fleetwood Mac because I didn't see where he noted it was a free concert. I think he had to pay, but now he is down to one buck. But again, payroll is such a sacred thing. You always want to have it on time and have it accurate and have it complete and have the funds to pay, pay people. That's always a, a good thing. So the last entry I'm going to read from, and again, there, this is not the entire book I've, I've given you. This is, these are kind of highlights, uh, tidbits, nuggets, uh, to kind of let you see how, how the book flows, but there's a lot more content and a, a lot of, a lot of really good, uh, good stuff that young will experiences, um, uh, hot sports opinions that he will share, not only about sports, but, uh, a lot of other things. So, um, it, it's an interesting, uh, interesting travel down the road of growing up. But this final, this final entry I'm going to share with you is December 6th, 1982. What an interesting night. After work, I went back and went to the manager's house for a few beers. Well, I didn't leave until 7.30 Tuesday morning watching MTV all morning. It's not as seedy as it reads, but what Young Will do, what is Young Will doing staying up all night the night before a final, no less, watching music, t t uh, music videos on MTV. MTV had premiered the year before, but this was his first chance to watch actual music videos since his dorm room did not have cable. Young Will determined that MTV, MTV VJ Nina Blackwood should go by the first name Dee Dee, which made his colleagues laugh. The funny thing about this is that I remember that night all these years later, but could not tell what class that final was in if you put a gun to my head. And so, uh, again, a few more entries. Uh, the uh, diary completes on December 31st, 1982, that being the final entry. Young Will has turned, just turned 18. His birthday is December 10th, and so... Uh, just turned 18 three weeks before that. So he actually, uh, his first semester in college, he actually is only 17. But uh, he seems to have made it through. And uh, again, to see some of his other shenanigans, you'll need to, you'll need to buy the book. Uh, Chronicles of a Teenage Boomer. I know this is... Uh, uh, very selfless promo, uh, promotion, and I don't normally do this, but it's Chronicles of a Teenage Boomer. It's available on Amazon. It's available. You can purchase it on Kindle. You can buy it on in paperback, and you can even buy a hardcover version of it. So that's uh, Chronicles of a Teenage Boomer. That's on Amazon. Just search in the search bar and your books, and it will uh, pop up. As I said earlier, that, that is not me on the cover. Um, this guy's actually better looking than I am. So, good for him.
And so that's it. It's uh, it, it's an interesting um, interesting read, I think. Obviously, I'm biased, but uh, young Will has quite the quite the life growing up. So, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, hit me up. I am at theeclecticjoe at gmail.com. I also am on Instagram and Twitter under The Eclectic Joe. And so certainly feel free to drop me a, drop me a line, drop me a note. Uh, if you buy the book, tell me what you think of it. Uh, it's, it's not a long read. This is not War and Peace by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, tell me what you think. So until next time, stay, uh, stay safe. And for those of you in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, try, and stay, try and stay cool. Goodbye.